You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You're about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome to the Playing With Balls podcast. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Shannon Lee. And I'm Rachel Kopchak. And we are reporting from Santa Monica, California. Yes. With our third lady somewhere in the background. Yes. In Callie the English Bulldog. She just had some stomach issues, but she's fine. She threw up at the front door, <laughs> which is always nice for guests when they're coming in and out. Yeah, at least she's done now and she's sitting quietly and... Yeah. Letting her stomach, her tummy relax. <laughs> I know. I think, I think her being sick is, uh, at least good for the podcast. Totally. Because, you know, she won't be barking for a little while. Yeah. Um, so we have a guest coming up here shortly that I'll be interviewing Jenna Brister. And uh, some of you may remember her from the home run derby challenge we did last year. Yes. So she'll be up here soon. And then we also wanted to give you some updates on what's coming up. Yes. Yes. It's time for some updates. So I just, wanted to let everybody know all of our loyal listeners um, that I'm going to be moving on to some other exciting projects that are just taking up quite a bit of my time that I can't devote to doing the playing with balls podcast anymore and it makes me super sad because it's been such a journey and we've had so much fun and we've done so many cool interviews and even just from where we started with doing rabbles and talking for like five hours during a baseball game oh my god (laughs) um and we've had a lot of fun and uh yeah it's just time for me to put my time into some of these other exciting things I have going on and you can keep up uh, with when I start rolling out some of these projects just go to uh, lady on TV it's on all the social medias that's my handle and you can follow me there and mm-hmm. and you have some sports related stuff in your and usually in your 60 second updates too I do I can't help it yeah you know like I love to mix it up with a little bit of news important stuff some wacky headlines and then <laughs> you know if there's a really good sports story it's always good to throw that in keep keep everyone you know well-rounded yeah <laughs> I always I always am impressed that you can get all that information out in 60 seconds to be honest with you but it's definitely worth checking out if you yeah. haven't already which you should be i know <laughs> i can't believe we've been doing this for a year isn't it crazy yeah i mean not the podcast not quite as long but um but the rabble we used to yeah. like sit there for like three hour games and then some of the games would have rain delay and we would be like oh my god how can we what are we gonna talk about for five hours mm-hmm. and for those that don't know what rabble tv is <laughs> <laughs> that's why we did that's, a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we did a podcast because nobody knows either um but you can call games um call live games like so if you if the announcers are boring, you can go to Rabble TV even yeah. now and like other people will be covering the games. Dirty Sports does it a lot. Yes, too. Our, ca- our friends at the Dirty Sports podcast. But yeah. yeah, it's definitely bittersweet, I think, because it's sad. You know, I, I'll be sad not like sitting here and yeah. uh, recapping all the fun stuff we've been doing and, you know, talking about sports and mm-hmm. getting each other's perspectives. But it's bittersweet because it's also exciting for you that you've yeah. got, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And um, that's, hey, that's what happens. You have to leave the little people behind sometimes when you, you move on no. to bigger and better things. You're so. not a little person. <laughs> you're, you're not a little person. You know, I love little people too. I know the actual little people. I know you do like the midgets. Is that the correct term? I don't know. What's the politically correct thing? I I mean, I think midgets is fine. um, I mean, we all people that are 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 we like smaller than we. Yes. Like little people under five foot or something like that feet. Yeah. But um, (laughs) but But it's going to be good. And you're going to, you know, do 
do your thing and of course we're going to see each other and I'm sure people will be seeing me in your social media posts because they should be following both of us at yes. Shannon Comedy and Lady on TV on all social media. Yeah, well <laughs> luckily we, um, you know, you're still the father to my child, yes. Callie the Bulldog, and we'll still be gallivanting around town and posting yes. things from time to time. I'm sure we'll do more oyster chucks, chucks oyster yeah. chucks and dancing, or you, at least you will, and I'll stand there and you'll do your lane dance. I'll do my weird stuff but yeah so yeah. that's um so that's to come and I'll definitely keep everybody updated too yes um because you'll be in my story so exactly it, yeah so people will know what you're up to but don't forget to follow Rachel on lady at TV. Lady, Lady on, on TV. TV. Oh, shit. How do you not even know what it is? <laughs> well, I follow you. I know what I it know. is. Uh, yeah, Lady on TV, because my last name's too hard to spell. It's Rachel Kopchak, and no one can spell that, unless they grew up with me and memorized it. Well, <laughs> I, I actually know how, but that's because you have a Z in your last name, and I grew up, my maiden last name is Zavorsky out of the Z, so I don't know. Maybe that's, that's why. But thank you for stopping by. And yes. Uh, have a great episode. I will. I will see you all on TV, as they say. And stay tuned for our guest up next. I'm super excited to be chilling with one of my favorite comedian pals, Jenna Brister. Hi, Jenna. Hello, hello. Hello, thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you, Shannon. That's yeah. awesome. We just uh, poured a couple glasses of wine, so cheers. Cheers. Cheers again. Hey, yo. Yeah, and uh, Jenna and I met, We met. when did we meet? Like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and... It was at the Bistro. Mm-hmm. The Venice Bistro, which has now changed its name. I don't know what it is anymore. I think it's called like Venice Beach Bar or something like that. That place used to be like, it's right on the Venice Boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like this really like iconic place. I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it was something like Jim Morrison used to hang out there or something. It was yeah. like an old m- doors haunt or something. Yeah. And except when we did stand up there, it smelled like pee. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> pee and dry Corona. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and Yes. And we, we would, uh, but it was a cool like background because remember like the sun would be setting like behind mm-hmm. you and we'd be doing stand up. And I remember this was a couple years ago that when I was doing my bit, I think I did a bit about being divorced yes. and the, there was like one person, it was you <laughs> who like screamed from the back of the room and you were like, yeah, yes, I remember that. Right. I totally remember that. Too. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, the sun was setting and there were townspeople cause there's a window right behind the stage. So you had yeah. people drinking beer on the patio, you know, or on the boardwalk yeah. right behind you. Um, but I remember that cause that's my, you know, us divorcees yeah we, we have that connection we stick together yeah, exactly i know exactly. i remember when you came up to me at the end you were like i'm divorced too and i was like who are you <laughs> yeah exactly That's yeah so funny i know and then we used to run and then i oh and I, and I feel like you're the one that actually hooked me up with that old with the o'brien show that yes. we used to run yeah speaking of bars that have since shut down i know yeah. well a problem i've been i was talking to somebody about this the other night there's a lot of shows on the west side that like a mm-hmm. lot of good like workout rooms like oh like venice bistro or o'brien's that like you and i used to mm-hmm. run and um a bunch of other ones like brennan shut down yeah, yeah and um the cock and bull and all yeah. we're naming all these bars that are like on the west side mm-hmm. but now there's like so few workout rooms over here like because i mean yeah. they're real show they're they're shows but they're bar shows so i call them workout rooms because they're like a cross between a you know a, a comedy club and an open mic or something totally, totally yeah i went to one out in north hollywood the other night or studio city and it was like in a portable it's called the oyster house oh you yeah order like a seafood tower i wouldn't i heard of the um, oyster house yeah, yeah yeah i've been before it's fun but it's you know it's so far away but it's yeah. that same vibe where you show up and it's like there are no stakes yeah nothing matters it's crazy but um yeah it's weird yeah that now that was your first show 
back in stand-up for a while, right? You said you took some time off? Yeah, I took some time off. Dude. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I decided, I think in January, I had like a shitty night at Poncho's, you know? And, uh, and then I realized like, I mean, things are just so different now than mm. they were before. I mean, post-election, I really had this moment where I was like, what are you saying? You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I everything just changed. You and mean so, for your own personal content? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and... I was like, oh, God, like dating snafus. That was so fun to talk about. But now it's like yeah. the world's such a different place. It you is. Know? And now my material, um, I did a show at the Nerdist a couple of days ago. And oh, I was like, it's all about room. like, oh, I love that room. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, all my everything I want to write about is about burglar vans and like where are sex predators now because like no one flashes anymore. That's what I'm, like remember back in the news in the '90s, there was always like a guy in a trench coat. At oh a my god, there was always a there's, trench coat guy. Always a trench coat guy. Yes, and that was like your that was like a social norm. Like your parents would be like, "Well, if you see a guy in a trench coat by the playground, yeah. tell an adult." But now that's like because of the internet. Like, there's no trench coat guy. Yeah, but what did trench coat guy really do it? Be- and I, I mean, I'm just, I, I didn't, I have not thought about this ever, but you're right. There, is, trench coat guy doesn't really like hang out by like schools anymore, like mm-hmm. elementary schools. But was <laughs> trench coat guy more about like the public thing or something? I think so. Like is he on the thrill? internet now or? He must be. I feel like that's the kind of guy who's on like that chat roulette thing or just like putting D pics online and stuff mm. like that. But it's such a different time. And I was realizing that. And so, um, yeah, so I just took a couple months off to, like, write more and finish some scripts and really almost regroup. Yeah. You know, and be like, okay, what am, what am I, what do I want to talk about? Yeah. So how do you think, uh, and I think that's fair. I think a lot of people do that from time to time, you yeah. know? Um, how, how did you feel it went, like, your first time back? Oh, I was rusty. Yeah? <laughs> I was rusty. I had this moment where I, I froze on stage and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You just have to just be funny you know yeah just don't worry don't worry about anything just how long had it been probably i did a couple storytelling shows but those are easy because they're so planned and that's like more improv and well yeah or planned i guess but it's a different kind of a craft the craft yeah yeah they want such different things yeah Um, but it went it went all right and but the best part is i remembered why i loved it in the first place that's good i do miss this that's good you know just like that thrill of being on stage and totally i think so many nights of not going out and going to shows i was like oh i miss it yeah i miss it you know i have a really cool story that relates to that um from this past weekend um i actually still have chills from the story so i was at this restaurant um Mm -hmm. and there's this like little secret smoking section and i like snuck out to smoke a cigarette and i sat down and this girl sat next to me and i was uh, we we talked about a bunch of stuff but Mm -hmm. eventually she was like oh I'm a writer and I said oh and she's like you know and it's always a hard thing to like you know get yourself to write and do all the other things you have to do and long story short I was like yeah I write comedy um and her whole demeanor changed and she was talking about how um she's like oh my god I would not grow up uh, I mean I would not um touch comedy with a 10-foot pole Mm. I think it's the hardest thing she's like but I understand you because I understand that you're a very specific kind of person if you're a stand-up comedian Mm -hmm. and it's like the joy in stand-up is what kind of makes you do something that the majority of people are never going to do because it's the hardest thing is Mm -hmm. to get up and make people laugh she said but that also makes you a different kind of person in your brain Mm -hmm. um and she said but I know how you feel because I was telling her how like 
you know, I, I think it's a mind fuck. Like I'll get up and I'll, I'll have a great set and I will feel amazing. And it's, it's just very much in that moment though, but it's like it, but it's fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, you know, it goes up and down for you, but then at the same time you can't stop, even though it doesn't like the joy of it doesn't always like carry through until like even sometimes the next day mm -hmm. is that you know what i mean makes total sense yeah and exactly. i and i was saying to her i was like how do you know all of the things that are going on in my head and she's like well i grew up with it with a father who was a comedian and i said well who's your father and she said robin williams oh yeah, yeah. wait jessica is that her name zelda zelda she's named zelda. after the legend of zelda oh, yeah. the video game that is so Isn't sweet. that funny? That is really funny. But I talked to her for almost an hour. My, the, actually, the people at my table were like, where the hell have you been? I was like, I just was having a very amazing conversation <laughs> Zelda Williams. with Zelda Williams. Um, and I didn't even know it was her the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, until basically like the end, but she was like saying some of the things like she's like, not from a personal standpoint, but just from like knowing the comedian growing up. That's interesting to see that the pendulum would swing the other way. Someone who grew up with yeah around comedy per se, mm -hmm. but you're right that she would not want to do it. She herself, she's you know? what she said was that she felt like there's or feels like there's only one comedian born into a family, mm -hmm. and sometimes you like you have the Wayne's brothers and you have like exceptions to the rule. But she was saying for the most part. It's it's like if you have a father in it or a parent or a sibling, like they're the only one. There's usually mm -hmm. only one. And she said, and we already had one. Mm -hmm. And she's like, also, I grew up in comedy clubs, you know. Yeah. yeah and I mean, how do you follow in those yeah. footsteps? So I think that's kind of what she was saying, too. You know, yeah, I get it. Much she's respect. I yeah. mean, like, you know, it's different. Like Andy Dixon is a comedian mm -hmm. and I'm not comparing the two at all and saying one is better than the other or different than the other. But. But it's it's an exception to the rule. But typically, you don't see a lot of like even children following that those footsteps in that direct way. Mm -hmm. So she said she grew up in the comedy club scene, and she would see how he was able to get like a very visceral reaction from somebody, and in this case, it's laughter, and that's the hardest thing. So she um, crafted her path actually in a similar way but in horror so she writes cool. and is directing a horror film right now because she wanted to get the same sort of a visceral reaction from people mm -hmm. in the way that she felt like a, that she was talented in doing so so comedy mm -hmm. very much influenced like her path mm -hmm. but just not like she's like i would never go the same path totally for multiple reasons yeah you know totally. so it's inter it was interesting talking to her i would literally yeah. had chills the whole time i was like tell me more i was like let's never get up from these seats yeah. let's just like sit here forever yeah, yeah. that's so cool yeah because i feel like i got a lot of insight from it too on yeah. just like the like the mind of a comedian mm -hmm. you know definitely uh, yeah it was a pretty cool experience but i had actually never really had another conversation with even a comedian about mm -hmm. what you're talking about, which is like, you know, getting back up on stage. And mm -hmm. like, even though you took some time off, like you're, that's what you do. That's a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And you will probably never stop doing it. Or mm -hmm. maybe you'll take breaks or whatever. However things evolve for you, you'll probably mm -hmm. always have some foot in it. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think? Definitely. And like, I think I started so young doing, I guess you could call it stand up. I, I ran for, I was president of every school I've been to. Oh so my God. Junior high and high school. No and, wonder politics has yeah. shaped here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cause I, I, I think when I was little, I thought I wanted to be a politician, but no, I just 
did it because that was the only opportunity to talk into a, in, to a microphone mm. in front of groups of people. So yeah. I was like, well, I'll run for president because then I can just, you know, do announcements, lead assemblies. That's so, so funny. I would use it and I would lead write assemblies. Sketches. Oh my yeah. God. I like, would do, like, I'd put on a Batman costume and like write sketch comedy and <laughs> tell the principal, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do eight minutes up top. And oh then, like, my God. And they're like, okay. And, and instead so of I'm, a light, you got yeah. a bell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, okay, period's changing, Jenna. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. So I think I, I grew up always doing it but not really knowing that that's what it was right that makes sense I was absolutely like, oh, I like people laugh and this is how you do it i i i have a yeah i have a similar well it's not the same but how i got into stand-up was before i knew i was doing it too so mm-hmm. i can totally understand that and i think that's how sometimes you know you're meant to do it because you're finding these other outlets and it's maybe something you haven't like considered yet mm-hmm. right definitely and um like you mentioned with zelda talking about horror um during my hiatus i wrote a lifetime movie so I saw, oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's so fun because you know when you write jokes, like it's it's clever, it's well thought out. You have to be five steps ahead of the audience. Yes, uh, lifetime. You you can't be clever. There are no jokes. <sighs> it's all melodrama. So it was actually a blast to write because it was like my it was my easy. Was, was like, it what? easy? It was so easy. It was so fun because they just want body count. They want people stalking people. Um, but it was nice to turn the clever brain off and just write like basic shit and exercise a different muscle yeah yeah i actually have a bit about how my life post divorce actually looks like a lifetime movie yes. where it was called um burning things and drinking wine <laughs> for like a year absolutely absolutely because that's what i that's what i think about with lifetime mm-hmm. it's like so mindless it's like almost like a guilty pleasure yes. and it's yeah. always about like somebody like being a murderer mm-hmm. and like tricking the like the other person and the like hero. the music always like is like oh this is the lovely part of like like the the music and like sleeping with the enemy in the beginning you know this yeah. is like the lovely part and it's but it's so predictable you know so predictable and it keeps people coming back and, yeah like, the more i mention it to people are like oh yeah i watch lifetime movies and it's the thing that no one talks about you're right it's a guilty pleasure it is i i still watch them <laughs> and i think are isn't lifetime the one that's um invented the okay i could be way off base here invented the word lorno which is which is like a sexy like they're like some of their sexier ones where it's like skin but it's like not lorno that's so funny like like lifetime lifetime porno Porno. (laughs) (laughs) i swear i've heard that that before funny yeah i don't know why i just thought of that i have to talk to them this week so 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 that is such a cool job so is it gonna be uh like produced and on tv yeah i think oh um, my god france it might it, it might just be in france or it might get a domestic release so i'll find out and let you know for sure because mm-hmm. I want to have a premiere party on a you know Thursday at two in the afternoon whenever it comes on air. Oh my god! You oh know? my god! Yeah, yeah. So it's so fun. but that it's would so be fun. so cool. And yeah, and also um, people that listen to the podcast yeah. um, will give them an update in the future too. We'll totally. post something about it. We can all watch it at the same time. And yeah, laugh and be very scared. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but like it's a safe fear, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's not too scary. Like you know, everything's going to be okay in the end, probably because yes. it's lifetime. Exactly. But um, what was I? So with so with writing something for a lifetime time like in that's going to be like aired in france like is mm-hmm. there like a cultural barrier that you had to write for or is, is it just translate over to like an to european it, audience it does surprisingly they had a couple parameters um because it's going to be on in the daytime and mm-hmm. so uh when you kill people you can't have any blood and so like oh. originally you know if you write in like a stabbing or a shooting they're like no 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 
shove someone off a balcony or you you poison them and so it was like oh think back God. to lifetime movies so like i would write stuff they're like okay great let's just go ahead and just um shove them off a balcony so i have like two people falling off balconies oh my god is, <laughs> it, that is hilarious wait this this reminds me of like it's very like soap opera-esque because yes. it's always like somebody dies in a plane crash or like mm-hmm. they get pushed they always get pushed always get pushed and you never see their body never Oh my god! Isn't that so funny? That is so funny. Yeah. So every ten to fifteen pages, there's a thriller beat, and that's when people are about to change the channel, or like commercials are coming on, uh-huh. and that's when you have to kill someone, or like poison them, or someone has to be in the hospital. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. <laughs> that's like a total formula. That's just like their parameters. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, they have a winning recipe for success because yeah. Lifetime's been around for how long now? I yeah, mean, a long time. I remember those ones in the nineties. Remember like Tracy Gold, Fred Savage, uh, all those. Uh, Tori Spelling, After School Special. Yeah. Wait, were they Lifetime movies though? But I, think those were. I feel like the one with um, Fred Savage was either a Lifetime movie because when you just said Lifetime, Fred Savage pops into my head, mm-hmm. and he was an abusive boyfriend. Yes, and I don't remember if that was a Lifetime movie or an After School Special, but like they're kind of the same. They and, totally are. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, I remember that scene. He's like wearing the Letterman's jacket yeah. and like, beats her up. And it yeah. was like so hard to watch because so like iconic. after watching like The Wonder Years, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, you're like, no, yeah, Kevin don't Arnold, do don't do yeah. this. And then also there was one with um, Carol Seaver. Yes. Um, something yes. with Nancy or I don't remember what it was, but she was uh, it was actually her. I think her like story of anorexia mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like I remember that. And then um, Tori Spelling has been in a mm-hmm. lot of them, too. Mm-hmm. She's also in my bit. She stars in my my personal Lifetime movie in my in my stand-up bit. I believe it. I mean... About she, my divorce. <laughs> I'm like, she'd totally do it. She's down to work. Yeah. She's doing a lot of Hallmark now. I was just going to say, is the Hallmark channel just like Lifetime or no? It's like similar it's, stuff? I've heard because I have some friends. I used to work for Hallmark, actually. That was my oh, first job in like New York. The store or like the station? The production the, company. The company, in okay. New York. Yeah, it's RHI. Not the station, there. the channel. Okay. But, um, and there's... I mean, they're very, very similar, but on, yeah, that opposite spectrum where, like, everything is great, and, like, the villain is, like, a Disney villain, you know? Yeah. Like, they're laughable. Yeah. But it's, it's you're right, formulaic. It's that same yeah. formula. You just plug in whatever, you know, weird details you want. And wow, that I sounds... I love them, though. So, so, will you, like, is this, like, an ongoing thing, or is it just, like, a one-time deal where you get to write for them again? I think so. I have I mean, two right now in development. So, oh, cool. I really want to pitch a mini-series. Oh, yeah. for a lifetime. Yeah. That would be awesome. That, yeah. So, we'll see after I get those two on. Well, you can use all your old dating bits. Actually, in fact, you used to do one about um, Disney princesses or something like that. So, like, all the old bits you don't want to do anymore, you can just, because they're, like, you know, out of touch or with, like, what's going on in the world. Yeah. Well, they they probably work on the Hallmark station. totally Or the channel, rather. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first bit I ever wrote in stand-up in New York. Really? Yeah, I had to do a club in Times Square at, like, 11.30 p.m., and I got there, and I mean, I'd written a few things, and that was one of them. But there were like thirty Japanese tourists, a bunch of Germans, some other people from the Midwest, and I was like, "What could I talk about that will make sense to all these people?" So I just started talking about Disney movies and oh. and what I learned about. So if you're if you're listening, examples um, like Snow White, always be the hottest one in your group of friends. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, What's my other favorite? Oh, Pinocchio. If a guy's uh, talking to you and his body parts are growing towards you, it's because he's lying to you. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. And so that was a fun one because then I think Disney is so international. It is. And that's probably why I remember I heard you do that one at the Venice Bistro speaking about how we met because 
um, we because that crowd was so eclectic because mm-hmm. it was like all these tourists on the boardwalk and it was just a pain in the ass bar show in terms of just trying to make them pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. So being able to like connect across different cultures, I found is it's hard but challenging. It, mm-hmm. it, but um, I we, there's a hostel show. I'm just gonna ask you if you've done that one. Yeah, and yeah. I've had and I've had Andy Ruther on the podcast yes. too, and he runs it. He's uh, the He's co-host awesome. of Dirty Sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Oh my God. We just did a roast battle, comedy store roast battle against each other, which we've also talked about a lot on this too. Awesome. And I did a Lance Bass joke. Uh, My joke was that um, he used to work for Lance Bass and his position there was power bottom. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because he's kind of like so a pretty good. boy, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And he's cool. He's super cool. Yeah. And he was so much fun to have on the podcast. And he was also so much fun to roast. And um, yeah, we, uh, we even did our first like sports battle roast. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Just he's super fun. And um, but anyways, when I was doing his hostel, yeah. I've done his hostel show a couple <laughs> in, of times. In Santa Monica. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And it's all these people from different countries <laughs> yeah. and you have no idea. <laughs> And it's just like, you have no idea, like, what's going to land. And I remember when the first time I did it, I'm like, well, I just told travel jokes. Yes. And I'm like, I mean, like, because everybody understands, like, plane etiquette and stuff. And I actually found that my bits that I do normally worked better than my travel jokes. It's almost Mm. like the audience was like, don't, like like dumb your set down for us kind of a thing they yeah. were like they didn't want to hear travel jokes they yeah so i switched enough. to like dick pics or something and yeah. it was like and everybody got it yeah. yeah so it's like funny how like uh different audiences like how things translate and it goes back to your lifetime movie like that's yeah. it's fu- like it's interesting that there's no cultural barriers to like writing something that's universal and yeah. that goes back to dating and mm-hmm. stuff and exactly you know when i did that hostel show i think i had all this new stuff i was like cutting edge material that would never work in a hostel. And so right. I scrapped it. And I just went around the crowd and asked everyone which celebrity they would want to have sex with. And so oh, my was, God. The answers were shocking. You know, That's a great were, question because it's, it's so a great fun. way to get people involved, yeah. too. And anyone who, from abroad, because it was people like Scandinavia, Asia, Australia, mm. everywhere. So it was fun because they're all in Los Angeles. So, of course, they know celeb culture and right. Hollywood and entertainment. And everyone had a really specific... Answer. Like they like, had already thought about yeah, this. Yeah, like one like grandma was like Russell Crowe. And I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> big in Scotland, didn't know that. Okay, yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And so it was, yeah, there was like those little, not tricks, but yeah. Tricks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great question. I mean, if all else fails, that's like, especially because like you're just getting back into it. Like mm-hmm. you ha- you know the tricks and you're such yeah. a good host too. Yeah. So oh, you, and then that's a, that's a, like a, you know, a hard thing to master, I think. But that goes mm-hmm. back to like, you know, appealing to different audiences when you have to do crowd work and mm-hmm. getting people involved is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think enough people do that, you know, totally. making the audience a part of it and stuff like that. Yeah, I totally agree. So what did the audience like when you were a kid, like when you're like doing stand up for like the assembly and stuff, how did they react to you? Like, oh, were you like, did, did you get any sort of like reputation or like accolade as like she's most likely to like be a clown or like she's most likely to be, I don't know. Like yeah. a comedian or something like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, I think um, we were talking about this uh, before the other day. Like, I, I played sports all growing up. Yeah. Like, those parks and rec. You yeah. Know? Because I think any child should. I, I love it. I thought it was so fun. Even though I wasn't good, it just, you know, it was an excuse to hang out. I played softball, basketball, and volleyball. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I played softball, soccer, field hockey, and basketball. And I was 
terrible at basketball. I'm so bad at basketball. So bad. <laughs> so bad. I used to have these girls towering over me before I had my growth spurt, and I actually would get in, in uh, I would get penalties all the time because mm. I would just walk backwards. Yeah. Because they would just like literally stand over me. Yeah. And I would just like walk backwards, and they're like, "You can't walk <laughs> in basketball." Like, yeah. Well, she's huge. One of those. Yeah. I was. I, I'm not a basketball player. Yeah. Not at all. Me neither. I I played softball, and that was my I, best sport. Oh, that was. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I feel like I'm better now than I was back then. Really? I was late bloomer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also terrified of being hit by the ball. Terrified. I'm the exact opposite of you. Oh, I was so much better because I was an outfielder and I okay. played varsity softball yeah. my um, when I was in high school. And I was so much better then because I played on a um, like a city a club- league yeah, uh, about a year ago. And I was terrible Mm -hmm. in the outfield Mm. because I was afraid the ball was going to hit me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like the opposite. I don't know. I I like lost like something I'm like all afraid now that now I'm going to get performers, like right it's like, yeah nothing can hurt no face. nothing I, I, can't like, get, I can't get a fat lip I'm like no and I'm like and I don't want to like twist my ankle because that's I don't feel like doing a bit about it you yeah, know and exactly. I have to like walk up and down stairs yeah. and you don't want to be distracting when you're trying to do stand up yeah maybe yeah. that's what it is yeah. but I'm total bitch now when it comes to sports yeah, yeah. what was your club team name um, the Sticky Mitts. Sticky Mitts. We were Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. <laughs> Blue were you? Thunder. Did you play for Santa Monica? Um. Oh no. I. Uh, oh, when you back were back home. Oh, back home. Okay. Yeah, when I was little. When I. Okay. Not little. That team was the Thundering Herd. The Thunder. Oh, so two thunders. Yeah. That's so cool. And apparently the mascot is a bison. Oh, that's okay. That yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I meant I meant like my adult league is the Sticky okay. Mitts. But we I we got played adult. There's a ton in Santa Monica and Venice this area. Fun. Yeah, I want to get back into it because I'm like now determined to like yeah. train a little. Bit more i think I, I didn't practice that's mm-hmm. why and i'm like if somebody could just hit me some fly balls and let me like get over how stupid i look like mm-hmm. not catching them in practice then yeah. i'll be fine to come game time but you're playing with men mm-hmm. in slow pitch softball and they just some of them it. can just like it, it's so high yeah <laughs> you, i don't know why it's so high like mine yeah. i'm a good batter but mine are not that high yeah you definitely. know mine are more like like I don't know like chest length or something yeah. I, I don't know but That's yeah so funny yeah I, well I um so growing up playing I played softball the team was so good they put me on the team just because I was you know don't really they have hyperactive to? Oh, okay yeah and like I had and all my and best, you grew my, up in Seattle yeah yeah and my my best friend's parents uh dads were on were the coaches and mm-hmm. so they're like let's just put Brister on who cares <laughs> so I was in the dugout 24 7 and so we'd be at these weekend tournaments and I would just like grab a bat when everyone else is like out actually playing the game and I made up this Polish character I've never been to Poland I have no Polish relatives but I would play this like Polish grandma and I would pretend to be like stirring borscht and like I would just oh do ca- like weird ass characters and how old were you I was like in eighth and ninth grade okay yeah and so then I would just start doing voices and then but and my friends would just crack up and there'd be softball games going on this entire time and I was not a part of it and but you were on the, but you were on the team I was on the bench yeah, yeah. I was on the bench and so I loved play games because I was like good I have at least a 12 to 15 person audience oh my god in this small dugout and so I would just do that that's so funny that's so, funny. so, so did you ever play did you ever like get annoyed when you had to play yes because um, <laughs> I had a really small strike zone so then I would always walk and oh. then I'd end up on the bases and so I mean I was I was pretty good at running mm-hmm. I guess and um, you look like you could be fast yeah I was like pretty fast and like scrappy yeah but I, I loved it because I mean it's so fun being on a, a team you know with yeah. all your friends like it I was is so traveling fun. and going to hotels and 
stuff like that. And so. being on a team and having yeah. everybody play a role like on and off the field, mm-hmm. I think is like a, a really important part about growing up. And mm-hmm. to your point about like every kid should play sports, you know, yeah. it's like it's like learning how to be on a team and um, having that like camaraderie. I think it like develops, wouldn't you say, like these life skills that you carry with you as, into like adulthood. Yeah, how to lose, how to win. Yep. How to, with grace. Yes. Ways. And yeah, I guess how to listen and how to how to yeah figure out your role within a larger group yeah those are like vital life skills yes and i guess it applies to to like band like if you are in a jazz band if Mm -hmm. an instrument is your thing you know how to be an instrument within your band and play you know like like there's a way i think with no matter what you know but as long as you're getting those like cognitive development skills you know that can only serve you later on yeah and i like that comparison to the band too like like you're it's like when you play well and mm-hmm. everybody has their individual role and it's defined and it works it mm-hmm. gels it sounds like a symphony mm-hmm. it totally. like it would yeah yeah that's really i like that and i i agree with that too because growing up playing sports i played mm-hmm. sports before i didn't even want to play sports yeah like my i played like t-ball and i and i was not good yet mm-hmm. i wasn't good really good at softball until i got a little bit older mm-hmm. and my brother wasn't born yet so my dad put like a lot of pressure on me to like <laughs> and he's like why can't you hit like sean and i'm like i don't know because sean's like a boy yeah. i don't know i mean but it was true i couldn't hit off the tee like the boys could mm-hmm. and i hated it but i then become uh, then i loved it when it was like my friends yeah you know and it's like your role is everybody's role is different you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and your role is to be the comedian yeah and, and you're like everyone. if i'm not gonna play so so in essence how did you decide that you were going to become a comedian later on? Was it from that like original experience? It was. Yeah. yeah. I think I was that same exact summer that I got a VHS of Bessa Chris Farley. Oh my and God. And I never, my parents, I, I life changing, life changing. Cause I didn't know SNL existed. Like it was bad to watch the Simpsons in our house. So we snuck downstairs and watched the Simpsons, uh-huh. but I was never up late enough at that age to watch SNL, but I, I did watch mad TV. Do you know I did watch and in living color. Yeah. And I watched kids in the hall. Yes, Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. I loved in living color. Cause that yes. was on during primetime mm-hmm. and, yeah. and my parents let me watch that mm-hmm. too. That's I, so funny. Oh my God. That's how, I know everything like that's to this day like when I even see uh, uh, Wayne's what's his first name he's he's Damon a, Marlon the one that's still a stand-up he's a new on new girl uh, Damon Wayne, their son. Um, oh, Damon Wayne's Jr. Damon Wayne's Jr. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When he does stand up yeah. and some of his voices mm-hmm. bring me back to a li- in Living Color mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. his dad was doing those voices. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like still translated into comedy today. I mm-hmm. I loved in Living Color. I always so wanted good. to be one of the fly girls for some reason. Yeah, no, for a good reason. J-Lo. Yeah. 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 Like, and they were cool. They were super yeah. cool. And I, I was never a great dancer. So mm-hmm. I would just like watch them and be like, I would be so cool if I could do that. So fun. Yeah. Be so fun. So that summer, you watched oh, yeah. the best of Chris Farley and I was like oh this is what okay you can do characters and make people laugh there's like a, a format for this or a platform yeah you know and and I think until that point I didn't realize people were really doing that and then I just nerded out and <laughs> I never went back what a great yeah. way to learn that like nobody taught you that you yeah. you just like when you saw it for the first time you're like well I'm already kind of doing this mm-hmm. which makes sense with where you've taken your career and like the things you focus on with going to like groundlings and being a big mm-hmm. big big part of like improv and developing characters and totally all, so were you developing Polish lady like before you saw Chris Farley yeah that's yeah. so cool yeah and so like i remember for our like softball awards banquet i like 
the coaches got me like this huge wooden spoon and like all this stuff for my character. They got me. Everyone else got like real trophies, and I got I got props. Oh my god! <laughs> it's probably somewhere in my childhood home. But I remember being like, I'm so glad I didn't get a trophy. I'm glad I got this wooden spoon to use. Next oh my season god! In the dugout. That, and fun. your team must. And the, and the fact that is hilarious. And the fact that your team like really knew that you would appreciate a wooden spoon. Yeah, I was using bats more than a trophy. You yeah. know. And that's amazing, but it also, I, like, love that they embraced, like, because you were so good at it, and that they embraced, like, your role on the team, and Mm -hmm. they, like, um, they, like, tried when you when you guys were getting trophies they're like jenna's not gonna want that she's yeah. gonna want like this <laughs> yeah. this polish lady prop yeah you know what i mean that's amazing exactly. totally. well that had to have really like motivated you to have like to like know that okay i can do this, this you know this you already proved yourself to an audience mm-hmm. and that's the first part of like knowing if it works yeah. it, after you know like after you start doing characters or stand up it's mm-hmm. like okay do people think I'm funny well you already had that mm-hmm. at a young age that's amazing yeah definitely and I, I got more into tennis in high school and college okay and so um I was captain of my tennis team with my friend Sarah and oh cool yeah, which was so fun but then I think that was that time where like in sync was big mm-hmm. and so at tennis practice we would just throw on that tearing out my heart cd and just have dance parties on the tennis courts. And my our coach was this like much older German man. And so he'd be like, What's happening? And we're like, Damn it. So it was just, you know, fun. Using, yeah, it was so fun because all your friends are together. And, yeah. You know. Did you ever run into being a part of a team where like you felt like that was your role to be like the glue? Like maybe because laughter is and uh, is good like leadership quality mm-hmm. like yeah. being able to get people to gel together because especially with girls growing up there's always mm-hmm. like you know girl stuff mm-hmm. like did you ever like come across that and Definitely. see yourself in that role at all yeah i think that tennis for sure yeah because i think there was um i think that's that was definitely my role in it i mean i, I ended up surprisingly being really pretty good yeah which i think because of softball and like just growing up as an athlete you're right able to kind of translate it to a lot of different things right um but yeah i think that was more my role instead of being a leader for Okay. Callie Callie I just mispronounced my dog's name. Um Callie is a very vocal she's a very vocal um third host on and she, I feel like when she has when there's a topic that relates to something she like she's she's a little bit of a bitch. So she was like the bitchy girl. Yeah. She's like prove it to me, Jenna. She's a bird hunter. Yeah. Because Callie likes to um, involve herself in conver- in the conversation mm-hmm. in the best way she knows how, which is yes. barking. Yeah, my dog thinks he's a human man. Does he? Yeah, totally. Is your dog's name Jack? Yes. I, your dog is so cute. He's so cute. You always post pictures of him. I do. I have he, a problem. He, I love it. No, I'm, no you're, I just posted a picture of her last night with her head under a curtain. <gasps> and I'm like, we just got so done watching Long Strange Trip, the Grateful Dead docuseries on Amazon. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm like, and Callie now lives under the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> She's tripping out. Yeah, yeah she... she She's really affected by um, episode number two, which was called the acid trip. That's so. Great. So I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah, I love animals except for when you know they bark in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, she's happy now, now though. She's chilling. She's happy. But yeah. we are so we are talking about leadership on a team yeah. and like your role um, happened to be just like bringing humor mm-hmm. and like making things light and things like that because yeah. you know sports growing up can be like really competitive. Totally. I felt I actually think in a in a way. I, I would say with soccer, mm-hmm. it affected me when I was younger because mm-hmm. we actually had a really good soccer team when I was like 
in fourth or fifth grade, but I wasn't that good at soccer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just wasn't that good at sports until I don't know, maybe I like a hit puberty or something. I don't oh. know. It changed, but I remember I like used to, uh, be on this one team and the coach didn't like me because um i just wasn't like up to the caliber of the rest of the team mrs george Mm -hmm. and um she even tried to trade me once and i refused i was like no i'm not gonna be on the shitty team yeah okay i've been on this team for five years and all my friends are on it Mm -hmm. and you give out snickers bars in the end you know child sports and as a result i think it's karma that the next show my parents made a stink because they're like you're not gonna do that to my daughter this isn't like competitive we're not like you're not like winning the world cup here yeah and then the very next game we played the hardest team ever and it was zero zero the entire game and with like this is like a movie i'm like rudy like with five seconds left i scored the goal and we won one nothing and then this is george liked me after that you know but it validated me because i was like well at least i showed up once yeah i don't even know if i like knew what i was doing i just like kicked the ball and like it just like slow motion like rolled into like the goal and it was like it was like my moment yes. it was my soccer moment i think it it probably saved me from like years of trauma later <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> you know your rudy moment i, I it was that. my rudy moment because yes. yeah. like you, it was secret- yeah you're what was it not secretariat Seabiscuit or whatever. Sea bit. Yes, <laughs> yes, version of it. yes, exactly. That's so cool. Yeah, and it, but it, but like growing up, it can be like a little hard because, yeah. but it does. I do think it teaches you life skills too, like for how to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, being an athlete, especially like when you get into like junior high and high school and it just starts to get more competitive. Like mm-hmm. I was on like a state championship team for softball my high school year mm-hmm. and it was like so much harder, but luckily I was like competing at that level, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I really think it like shapes like who you are, right? Mm-hmm. When you say like being an athlete versus like not being an athlete, like shapes, like what you know, like, what are the differences You're... like in our adult life? Yeah. You know, I think it gives you a certain level of fearlessness. Yeah. You know, because, uh, when you put yourself on the line like that and, and especially growing up thinking back to those you know club softball the tournaments are all day long yeah you're a child athlete you know yeah. and you're eating gushers and drinking yes. tang oh my god I and still miss, miss right. gushers and, you know, we're, we're having protein bars you know like yeah you know, you're eating 90 snacks and then <laughs> performing snacks. all day long and you kind of just build up that perseverance that definitely does translate to comedy where yeah. it's like yeah i I can get up and go do something, whether mm-hmm. or not I'm going to win or lose. I like to get out and do something. Yeah. I think that's a, a mindset you get from doing it. Do you think like you could, do you think you relate like maybe if you had a bad game or something, you didn't play to your potential to like a bad set, like being able to like, ac- like recover from it the mm-hmm. same maybe? Yeah. And I think, yeah, you think back to, okay, what went wrong? What could I do different? Yeah. That same mindset. Yeah. And then, oh, and it didn't kill me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you do. I think this, the, the feeling is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, there's been games where, like, I've played horribly. And I'm like, who was I today? Like, that's mm-hmm. not how I play. And you just go home and you replay it over and over in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with having a bad set. Like, I'll never forget the first time I bombed. Yeah. Everybody happened? said it was going to happen. Totally. And I was like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. And I, <laughs> Where were you? And Where I, was it? it? Okay. It was at this place called, have you ever heard of, it's called like buttered up. I haven't. Is uh, it in LA? It's, it's in okay. LA. It's B-U-T-T-R apostrophe D. Okay. 
Um, it's in Hollywood somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I and here's the worst part. I was doing somebody's birthday show. Okay. And it was like uh, <laughs> and he was like handpicked his favorite comedians. <laughs> and I, I I bombed his birthday show where he handpicked me. Yeah, isn't that the worst? That's so funny. How okay? So how did it? Was the crowd weird? Like, the crowd was weird. Okay. The, I, I I like I Listen hate to me a comic. Was the crowd? I weird? know. I, <laughs> I always like it wasn't her. It wasn't I hate to I hate to say that because when you like when you bomb, you know, you always want to like be like they didn't get me and it was like their fault, but they were weird. And I was a little nervous about it and I think I let it get in my head because mm-hmm. I had never bombed but also like I mean I, that was not what I was thinking when I was but I was like looking at the crowd and they kind of I was like I thought everybody was going to be like all excited because yeah. you know those shows you have where like people start laughing and you haven't even told your joke yet and you're like what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. That's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Like I've I I know I've walked out on stage and done that before people start cracking up at my setup and I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. like and that's a better situation because yes. they are they're there to laugh like mm-hmm. and so you'd think at a birthday show I automatically assumed people were just going to be like you know happy and everyone's laughing well they were like the opposite it was uh, almost like they were oh. like why are we here and my wife and my friend having a birthday party Wednesday night at like 11 o'clock which is a very good point you know but they went to it that's they did go them. but they, they went they didn't look happy and the, some of the comedians before me were getting like mixed responses and it was very much like mm. a room um and i and you've been in a room like this before because i relate it to like a, a show that we have in venice uh, under a uh, oh, basement I show i did yeah yeah well i was gonna well, well i was gonna say underground right? yes, yes underground yeah, you were there that night uh, yes i was yeah. gonna say it's like it's like people laugh at your joke when they like it mm-hmm. but then the next joke if they don't like it they're not laughing mm-hmm. and it's and it's like i i think that's weird too because yeah. usually you know it's like it's, it's something that flows but that's always been a weird i don't know what the dynamics are in that basement but mm-hmm. that's very much how that room is it's like they love you one second and then the next second it's like am i bombing and then it's like no i'm not okay am i again like mm-hmm. i've just seen that a lot um with with that room and it was like that mm-hmm. it, it was very much yeah. like that at a birthday show so so the pro- I think the, I know what the no I hundred percent know what the problem was. So they were a weird crowd, but I also got weird that day, and I I felt compelled for some reason to write some roast jokes about him because <laughs> I was like it's his birthday and everybody's going to be doing that. So why don't I like write some jokes That's and so funny? It's the worst thing I you ever roasted did. Him. I roasted him. <laughs> And I thought people would think it's funny because it's like that's funny. It's like this guy's ha- this guy's having his own stand up show for his birthday. Yeah, like roast him, he does roast it. Yeah, him. Yeah. And also, I feel like if that were me, I would want the other comedians to roast me because yes. I feel like it would show that connection between us, which is why they had me on. The- so that's what I thought, but it totally and no one else roasted him. And oh it- well, also it was well okay. It was a little bit weird because he's he's an African American guy mm-hmm. and he had um he had a, a white wife and she's really pretty and she actually looks like a lot like me and he used to be a model mm-hmm. so i i didn't realize that she wasn't gonna like me and like any of my jokes oh no i was uh. like uh, i and i and i like i think that's just what it was because yeah. i was like talking about how like he should have a baby with beyonce or something and then it would be a better looking baby than like beyonce and jay i don't know like what the fuck i was it was just like it made sense in my mind but i basically offended <laughs> blue <laughs> ivy i offended everyone <laughs> It was a primarily black crowd, and I talked about like, and then I was like, and then I offended his wife by saying, and she's beautiful, yeah, and I offended his, and he's gorgeous because he's a model, and I offended his wife by saying like he should procreate with Beyonce or something. But the joke, I've still felt like it made sense, but I, the, no, they hated me, and so then I just like, so anyways, I start doing my own stand up after that, and 
I have never in my life, and even to this day, knock on wood, I hope it never happens again, just heard nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. What do you do when people are like, nothing? nothing. Like, they hate you. Yeah. And then, and then nobody was giving me the light yet, so I'm like, do I keep <laughs> going? Keep going. <laughs> Do I keep going? Totally. But I think it was just like my natural reaction to be like, I, I have to keep going because I have to win them back. Mm-hmm. So I was like ramping it up. I was like going hard with like all my best bits that never kill and not nothing. Yeah. And it was the hardest. It was the weirdest feeling to just stand up there and nobody laughed at me. Yeah. And when I finally realized they weren't going going to i just was like what do i do now Mm -hmm. it's like raising the titanic yeah let's turn this around and that's oh you can't get them back sometimes yeah if you've completely like it is really hard to like properly offend the crowd (laughs) yes totally you know it's the point of no return it is because like you can offend the crowd but 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 you can still like find the humor in it because because the best the best bits sometimes are the most um are, are that push that toe that line mm-hmm. I, in this case i just didn't read my audience and i just went over what their line was mm-hmm. and they collectively were like you crossed the line yeah which is so and i wasn't even like racist or anything not yeah. that i would ever be but it was just like they hated it yeah yeah you're right that is so it's so hard to the later at night my first bomb was a late at night yeah situation too and like a lot of times if the crowd is super tired and I've been in this position too as an audience member and I'm like I'm so tired I want to laugh this is funny but I'm just exhausted yeah you know and so I but I always try to you know force a laugh out just to be like you're you are funny don't worry just keep going yeah because I, I know how it feels yeah you know and and then I don't know if I'm, I'm the same as you if I find some of the new stuff's not working and I hate going to to do it but i'm like okay i guess i'll just go back to the tried and true you shit you have to you know and i'm like all right so growing up i watched a lot of disney movies and then yeah. i'll just do disney <laughs> and then it luckily it you know it's so user-friendly yeah that it, that it works and but it's, it's like hard. i don't want to always pull that out it's really hard you know i always think to myself i've become a better comedian over time because I've allowed myself that flexibility to pull the stuff that I know works because Mm -hmm. I do. And if new stuff's not working or it's just not going in the direction I want, I used to not like let myself be flexible. I used Mm -hmm. to have this agenda where I'm like, it's going to work. It's worked. It's, it's, and I, I'm a big person on like transitions. I like the story at the end to be the one that you tell at the beginning. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it fucks me up if I can't tell that story because then I can't recall I can't tell my, my closing joke mm-hmm. sometimes if that's the way I've planned it. Mm-hmm. So I've allowed myself that flexibility, but you, it's like, you don't want to go back to some of that stuff sometimes. But then I realized, well, if I just stood up here and did crowd work the whole time and you guys like lost your minds and I didn't even tell a bit and I didn't even do a bit, I still, that would have been a successful show mm-hmm. even though. So that's like, it's hard though. Cause you yeah. don't want to do that sometimes, but it's like, well, I mean, it was it a good show or was it not a good show? It's, mm-hmm. it's based on what they think, not what I think. Yeah. You know, definitely. That's what makes it hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But maybe I could. That rejection was actually very hard for me to get over for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of freaked out that night and was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. What do I do now? Like, I, I certainly just luckily I was going back east the next day to visit my family in Philly. Yeah. And I just had like the best vacation and I completely forgot about it. But I called one of my friends and was like, 
I don't know what to do. And they were like, you knew this was going to happen. I'm like, well, I don't like it. And they're like, well, it's probably going to happen again. But, but, you know, try not to maybe tell jokes that some like roast somebody at their birthday show. <laughs> uh, and like when you don't even know like enough about them, you know, or something, whatever. But I think that maybe being an athlete growing up and having those moments where you just feel like so shitty about yourself and mm-hmm. you lost the game for everybody or mm-hmm. something. Um, maybe it's what does prepare you to be able to like get over that, you know, and go back to it. And yeah. Like, okay, I can't, I can play again. Yeah. You know, it's not going to kill me. Yeah. And I mean, I personally like that. That's, that's actually funny and ballsy. So, I mean, and also there's something weird psych- psychologically for people who go to comedy shows and never laugh. I'm like, you're a crazy you're person. A, those, like, pe- those people you know, exist, though. Yeah. Oh, they totally do. I don't like, know why. I guess maybe because I'm not one of those like, okay, prove me, whatever. Right. You know, it's like, oh, uh, I love to laugh. That's why yeah. I like to watch comedy. And, you know, that's and- why I always wonder why the hell would you come out and do- see this? Nobody is putting a gun to your head. Yeah. And, yeah. and people that love stand up are the people you want to be performing to. Mm-hmm. I get really weird about that one person. It's usually it's sometimes a female, but I am actually picturing one in my head. Um, the This one guy at the Mallow show that I did oh, in yeah, Silver Lake. Like, yeah. And I noticed he was like arms crossed. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, mm-hmm. like he's like, not nobody's happy. funny. But like, he didn't have to even sit there. There's yeah. another bar where they're not doing stand up. Go downstairs. But I, I feel compelled to make that person laugh. Mm-hmm. So I usually will or or at least uncomfortable or at least I'll make the audience uh, that like I don't like it when people pick on people like unreasonably mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I, I I will never be one of those people because I think you should make them feel I learned this in the Chris Farley documentary and make them feel like kings and queens mm-hmm. and they will respond in jest that's a second yeah. city saying and but unless they deserve it if they're the drunk person that's de- that's like heckling you or they're the person that that they, that guy mm-hmm. that is determined not to laugh I will make direct eye contact with him <laughs> yeah. and, like, and, I, and I will be like what do you think sir and yeah. as soon I notice with those people though I think they just want to be recognized. Yeah. Because I, I've, I not always, but with that Mallow show, at least. Yeah. I like, I wasn't mean or anything, but I was like directing, I directed my question directly at him. Yeah. And then he like, he loosened up. It cracked him. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, maybe he just wanted to be like, you know, me to re- realize he was there or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Their all motivations are all different. We totally. can't psychoanalyze them, but I think it's still strange. Yeah. You know, definitely. I did the show. Oh God. It was like at a biker bar out and like, deep Van Nuys like north of Van Nuys wow. like and it was very scary I mean it was very that, large I mean place. that already the setup for that <laughs> yeah. I'm like what happened I don't know what I was doing uh, I did you go alone there. yes which is the worst part oh um, and it was full of cholos and like actual Hells Angels people. scary it was, like, it was like I forget the name of it but I probably shouldn't say it on air but I'll look it up so I'll warn you okay don't do it. But, okay um, thank you and it was just lined with terrifying I don't think our people. audience is going to run to oh, go yeah. there <laughs> yeah. you know, after this story <laughs> and uh but the guy who ran it was really nice and uh and so I was like, yeah, I'll come do a set. But I, I was on stage. And of course, none of my stuff works. Like, oh. I've never performed for Hell's Angels before. Yeah. And, so, and they were all that same, like, scary people, arms crossed, like, just staring at you. And so I, this is a, for only time in probably my entire life I'll use this. But I individually asked each person what kind of porn they're into. And it worked. <gasps> because I was like, this is a crowd that watches porn. And so I, I had this scary <laughs> cholo. I was like, what's up, Cisco? What are you into? Like, cheerleader or babysitter? And he's like, cheerleader. And I was like, this is great. I love that you had him yeah. Cisco. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, like, the guy in the back was like, you know, whatever this. And I was like, this is... Oh my god, just get out of here alive. Just yeah. give, me, give me, like, get out of here. Give me the light. But it made him laugh and, like, 
you know i'm like this little white girl yeah. up on stage and yeah like, who the hell are you doing here yeah and so but I, that was like my one thing i could ask them how do you think <laughs> you like came up with that in because i love that you're like these people watch porn yeah totally. <laughs> that's so weird but i mean at that point it's like you, you kind of have no you kind of have to try anything totally. and it came you're not to- you're not doing that in a normal no, situation never because i think in my head i was like oh these people don't watch comedy online and because yeah they look like they just couldn't give less of a fuck like, and also that's the difference between a show where you feel like you know those bar shows that we do sometimes yeah where no one at the bar knew there was gonna be comedy like there's those <sighs> I hate shows those that, yeah, you know, i'm like and you're like bothering everyone's them just like i'm here for the big game and like they're sending them a mic in the corner yeah and that, that's a hard yeah thing for a comic you know but that's called the grind yeah. <laughs> and that's what, what what we're doing the grinding the gift the yeah gift. yeah to be like, because okay. even like i think it was crystalia or something has a bit about mm-hmm. that bar in the valley it's like a cross between the two things you just said where there's four people yes. one of them their back is turned the whole time because but it's who he's talking to because they're making a statement to say i'm here at because I'm at a bar I'm not here because I came to see comedy Mm -hmm. and he like heckled that person and it was like the wrong person it was like the bar regular or something and the point of his story was thank you guys for um, (laughs) for like you know for for allowing me to perform to you now at the forum Mm -hmm. you know because his life is different that's what a successful comedian looks like but I like that he reflected on like that shitty biker like scary bar with four people and half of them aren't even there to see you and they're making it known mm-hmm. it's almost like they're like stop yeah. doing this even and and when you do but see i love it because when i love a challenge mm-hmm. and when you do make one of them laugh even when they're not looking at you but they're looking down at their beer and they're pretending to watch tv and they laugh i'm yeah. like gotcha mm-hmm. yep. you know yeah and I, so it's good you know in mm-hmm. that way but those shows are hard those shows are so hard yeah and, and a lot of times like we don't know it going into it you no. know like hey can you do this show on this night because you're, like, you're never course. gonna say no yeah you say yes yeah and then you get there and you're like oh shit no one here knows that we're doing comedy in half hour yeah and it's like okay let's watch this unfold you know yeah yeah, yeah. you know and i mean when i did that comedy tour a couple years ago oh yeah the the coast so many of our shows were like that where it was like oh let's just set up the mic and an amp over here in this bar and all the regulars you know you just kind of tell them oh we're doing comedy and then people will come watch yeah you know and yeah it's, it's so different it's different shows. it's really different i think but i've actually learned from you as a host because i host my my basement comedy mm-hmm. show it's a great show by I've the way. No, um thanks and you did it Seriously. you did it one of my first ones yeah it was awesome my, i think you did my my second or third oh, one ever such a good show yeah if it, anywhere around santa monica monday nights yes month, go to it actually the next one is this yeah, monday the, yeah. the 12th thanks for, for promoting yes. the show Th- really i appreciate good. that i've i've but i've taken a cue from you when i watch you at o'brien's because even in, that's a bar that's show nice. um and it closed Mm-hmm. But you have this tendency where I notice that you you like do a really good job of hosting where you're talking. It makes it it makes people feel like you're directly That's talking so nice. to them. And I feel like at the end, you're always like it's almost like the end of SNL where you just <laughs> performed and everybody's standing there and you make your way around while the credits are rolling. And they're like shaking everybody's hand and you're like, thank you for coming. And and like, you're, but I've always noticed that like I always was like, did Jenna know these people or did they just like, is she just meeting them? But either way, you're paying like respect to them for like coming, whether you know sweet. them or not. Mm-hmm. And then they come back mm-hmm. and then they like are like coming back for you. And then you're you're creating 
creating like this environment and because you always like pimped out those shows like that show is a bar show and you're not getting any of the bar crowd in, in there you're bringing people and you were yeah. like packing that room mm-hmm. and so when I started doing basement comedy I started doing the same thing where like I would talk to people before I would actually yeah. I, I set aside the first 30 minutes mm-hmm for when I see people going to sit down in the chairs Mm -hmm. and I'll walk up to them and I'll just be like hey like my name's Shannon I'm the host like just curious like did you guys how'd you guys hear about the show Mm -hmm. have you been before and and like at first they're like why are you talking to me but then they'll be like oh you're hosting the show yeah and then I'll be like hey why don't you sit up in the comfortable chairs and they're like well I don't I don't want the comedians to heckle me I'm like well I'm gonna be on stage more than anybody else and I'm not gonna heckle you yeah and like I don't know and then when I got I noticed when I got on stage they liked me already like and so then yeah Mm -hmm. and then it it, it, like I was like warming them up just by like talking to them and that's made me a better host and and, because I've seen you do it thank you that is the biggest compliment yeah you're such a good host awesome thank you I I think I mean that was the best part I think about that room is that it did have that feel of Mm -hmm. like we're all in our parents basement yeah because it's like that back room there was a curtain it was free and everyone was just there to have fun. Yeah. And it had that vibe to it yeah. where it's like, let's just do it. You know, yeah. like we have an hour and a half and the comics are all awesome. Yeah. You know, no matter what. Anybody, because you just, like you said, anybody will do any show. Mm-hmm. So you can get really good comedians on your lineups. And like I, you always said, and I feel like I did too. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I started hosting like that from this article I read that Sinbad, an interview about that Sinbad did about Oh my people. gosh. Yeah, it's like like the 13 things. I have it framed. I'll like, I'll picture text it to yeah, you Yeah, I would love it. Um, we can like post it or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you tonight. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, the things that, the 13 things I learned um, from performing at the Apollo and he's always, he's all about giving gratitude back to the audience. He's like, no one has to come to my shows. Yeah. No one has to be here, but they are. And he's like, the best thing I could do is like give love and gratitude back to them. And I was like, that's so true. Yeah. Like no one has to watch anyone and so anyone who leaves whatever they were doing to come watch comics yeah do, what we do i'm like you are an angel like yeah so nice like thank you for being here <laughs> yeah. and sometimes you even like you're like you've I, like you know you have those friends or mm-hmm. those people too where you where you're like i know you've heard my bits like yeah. million times but you're still coming tonight yeah. shout out to brooke yeah Brooke Mayette she actually has been on she's never talked I'm gonna have to have her on the podcast yeah. sometime yeah. she because she's actually helped us produce this podcast in the beginning and awesome. we would yeah we would give her a lot of credit Brooke used to come to my open mics yes. my open mics yeah and support me because because oh, she just would because she was cool as shit like mm-hmm. that you know yeah. Jono does that to me he yeah to yeah we've Which had Jono so nice. on the podcast yeah, yeah yeah it was so funny yeah he was he's the video game guy. he's the guy in NBA 2K yeah 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 but I think it, it makes such a difference too mm-hmm. you know because you're right people don't have to come see you mm-hmm. um, but I think um, I forget how we were relating the audience to to uh, sports but it's like but yeah. it's like people that go to sporting events like they do it because they love it and they support you mm-hmm. and they like want to see you do well mm-hmm. you know when you solidify yourself I think it's like any audience that goes to anything mm-hmm. you know so to be able to like even build that in a small way I think is like what makes stand-up so much fun oh, you totally. know and especially with O'Brien's because yeah we're like I mean 
some of my favorite things about like when Brooke would show up, she'd be like, "Okay, are you going to do Buzz or like Disney?" And you know, she'd have yeah. favorite bits. I'm, you know, she has favorite bits of yours, favorite bits of yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, that that's so cool. I was like, is this what it's like to be famous? Like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, because and know. to have like yeah, we have like three fans, <laughs> yeah, and we're like you know like, requesting bits by name. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I made it. Like this is it. I mean, it is. It, it's so cool though. Like I used to have this one creepy guy named Steve. Yes, and he memorized <laughs> when I was going to be in O'Brien's because I used to run the and O'Brien's is a shutdown. Uh, we obviously miss it very much. It's yes. a bar that shut down on Main Street in Santa Monica mm-hmm. where you ran last Thursday. I ran mm-hmm. first Thursday. So we, and, but we are also in each other's shows a lot. Yeah. So we both ended up being there a lot on first Thursday and last Thursday. Yeah. Last Thursday, first uh, Thursday. And there was this guy named Steve and he was like super creepy, but he came to all my shows mm-hmm. and I like wouldn't, at first I wouldn't talk to him because I was like, he's creepy and he ling- he's a lingerer and mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I don't want to encourage him. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, but I want people to come to my shows. Mm-hmm. And is this what it's like to kind of have my first stalker? <gasps> yes. Like as a famous person, like famous people have stalkers. All the time. And, and I'm like, I can't discourage him mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm like relatively like famous to him. Yes. It's, I mean, that sounds so douchey, but like, so Steve, the stalker is never going to come to my house and kill me. He just really like, like my standup and he's an awkward dude. Yeah, totally. And I mean, don't we appreciate him too? A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it creeps you out a little bit, you know, and then you just, yeah, someone walks you to your car and then it's like, yeah, I mean, you you have to Steve you have ba- now. Yeah, you have yeah. to have boundaries with <laughs> yeah. with a Steve like character, you know. Yeah. But that place would get people, you know. Yeah, the regulars. Yeah, the regulars there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I miss that place so much. I wish that. Um, I hope they reopen someday. I, hope so too. I don't know. They closed and then they ran out of money and then something else happened. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But um, um, you know, I, it just made me think though. Like a lot of your sports stories, like we're going back to like sports and mm-hmm. comedy, like they're so like interwoven. Mm-hmm. So, Completely. So like when you like really like you know think about like where you are now do you still like do you think that has a lot to do with the fact that you were an athlete and that you know you played sports definitely the first time i shit my pants (laughs) i was sliding into second at the state tournament oh and you actually did yeah yeah oh my god i was massively dehydrated it (gasps) had to be 1998 blue thunder was in this the state tournament and we're in the final game against the lady hawks and i was so i mean drinking you know tang and you know, like yeah, hawaiian punch gushes, or exact, something yeah and so i was wicked dehydrated because it's like in the desert of eastern washington yeah and i uh went to steal second base and i went to slide oh, and i shit my pants oh, my God. Well, you know in softball you have those sliding shorts yes. they're like spanks yes like spanks underneath you yeah, yeah 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 and i remember standing oh up God, on second oh my God, base oh my God, and being oh my like God, oh my God. oh my God. did you know zero, zero. yeah like i felt it but no one could see it because of my sliding shorts oh, thank God. and i remember being like I, my life ends now. Oh my All my god. best friends are here. My oh family, my god. My parents are sitting in lawn chairs about twenty yards away from me. Oh my god. My life's over. You know. Oh my god. And then I made it around third into home, and I scored. You know, the winning base oh. for the state tournament. And then I had to go into the porta potty, and I was like, I have to get rid of my sliding shorts. So it's like it's stuff like that. that did you? Did you. everybody know you shit your pants? No. <gasps> no one. Knew. So I hit it. So like your story. Like I already told my story. Like you're like when you sucked on the team and you had like this moment of. Glory glory yours yours was scoring the winning run Mm -hmm. but you still shit your pants shit my pants on second oh my god yeah and it was like oh my god having a panic attack also i can really see how sports influence you to get into comedy i mean come on like that's totally that's like that is like the that is like the ultimate like so embarrassing oh my god i can't (laughs) 
Yeah. And you know what? I I don't know why my mind just went here, but I'm like, thank God you were on second. Cause you, can you imagine if you were on third? Cause you know mm. how there's, 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 there's not only does the third baseman stand closer to you on third, but there's a third base coach. Yes. So you're not going to get out of that alive. Somebody's going to know you shit your pants if yes. you had hit a triple, mm-hmm. but thank God you only hit a double. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought of that, but, no, but you're so right. Like it was yeah. a perfect storm. And I, I remember standing there and being like, oh my God, like if you... that I can't believe you shit your pants. It was amazing. It was amazing. I love that story. Yeah. Thank you for being so open to tell that, yes, you yeah, know? Yeah. But it, it's like, it's like there's something a little bittersweet about that, that it was like your, your like moment of glory too. Definitely. It was like, come on. Yeah. Like, why I, are you going to shit on me, God? Like, it, no pun intended. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, this could be really embarrassing or... I could just use it. Yeah. You know, and it was... And you did. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You know, speaking of baseball, I was just going to say, I think we have to talk about the fact that you are a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. <laughs> yes, yes. So where does that come from? Why do you love Ken Griffey so oh, much? We gosh. were on this group text, and we kept talking about for, yeah, for the home run. To, yeah, and I'm like, why are we talking about Ken? And then even, like, as, like Andy yeah. um, and all the... Like, Andy Lazarus, we had him on our first podcast. Oh, cool. Like, these people knew that you were, like, Ken Griffey... Uh, fan. Yes. So where's that come from? Um, I grew up in Seattle. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I remember uh, we used to go to Mariners Marlins, games all the Mariners. time. Mariners. Mar- Mar- I'm sorry. I get Mar- Marlins and Mariners oh, yeah. tongue twisted. That that's a uh, Miami Marlins, Seattle Mariners. Yes. yes yeah. Totally. Um, but both nautical. So yeah, yeah, easy yeah. yeah. To do. Very nautical. Um, <laughs> and I remember going to Mariners games growing up, and I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. was like fine. Yeah. And he was like the first athlete, you know, I guess in my world who was like strutting up to the base. Yeah. And like, he like looked good in baseball pants and he was like super fine. And in 93 they won the pennant and mm-hmm. A-Rod was on the team and they had like Tino That's and Edgar right. Martinez. It was like a dream team. Yeah. Like Joey Cora and um, I was like, he was my first black crush. I'm pouring then, all the wine that oh, we have left, by the way. It's like, yeah. it's in the sad. Yeah. This is like our last, <laughs> our last sip of wine yeah. here. Sorry to interrupt the your communion. story. Oh, you're yeah. Fine. And, um, so I, uh, a couple years ago, um, my good friend Emily, uh, through Groundlings, she mm-hmm. works at Baby Blue Barbecue in, oh. uh, in West Hollywood. And he is, goes in there all the time. Cause I think his son plays football at U of A. Okay. USC. No idea. USC. Okay. USC. And, uh, so he'll be in there for games. And one time. I went to visit her, and the, and the place was had just opened. So her and I are sitting in there, shooting the shit at the bar. In walks Ken Griffey Jr. And out of my mouth, I just said, the kid? And so he comes over, because oh like, people call him that. Like, yeah, back yeah, yeah, then. yeah. Because he called him Jr., but like the kid was his like nickname. Can you say that one more time? I like the way you said that. The kid? Yeah. And so, but it was embarrassing because I said it out loud. And so he like looks over, and he's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hey, what's up? And he <laughs> gave me a hug. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, hi, sorry. I grew up in um, in Kent and like watching you. And he's like, oh, I live in Kent now. And then this is a thing you do in small town, Washington or wherever. Yeah. He's like, okay, so you go past the Safeway, then take a left at Cougar Mountain. And he was he described to me where he was where he lived in my hometown. And, I was and like, only you would know, like, you yeah. take a left at Cougar Mountain. And I was like, memorize this. Oh my God. Yeah, he, he could not have been nicer. He was so That's lovely. so awesome. Yeah. Did you get to tell him, like, why you love him so much? Yeah. Well, it was so embarrassing because this is also like the this is the 9-11 of uh seattle was when the kingdom imploded that was like their yeah, big stadium yeah and so i i have no game when i actually meet heroes and so i asked him i was like where were you when the kingdom imploded oh my god oh my god oh my god i could ask him like oh my god so who are your heroes or yeah, like, yeah, yeah what are you doing today and he was like i was at home with like some of the guys in my family and i was like okay see ya you know and i was just like i think we got yeah. took a photo together and then you know his friend showed up I'm the same. I, that's that's an amazing story, though. That is such a cool story. Yeah. I honestly, I 
I think like when you see people that like I almost felt that same way when I w- was like was with Zelda Williams yeah. la- this past weekend where we're like I this I'll never get to meet the mm-hmm. comedian I mean because let's be honest it's the comedian the. right so yeah. I'm never gonna get to meet him mm-hmm. and I never met him and so this is the closest I'm gonna get and when somebody's like giving me like 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 it, I'm meeting a part of him like mm-hmm. I as soon as she told me who her dad was I was like who's your dad and she's like Robin Williams I was like oh gee whiz yeah. I was like oh wow wowza well that's a good one that's <laughs> yeah. a real good one good there dad. yeah that's yeah. a good dad to have you know I mean I, I mean it's, it's like the best dad really you know I mean yeah. like I just got so stupid because I couldn't handle it like yeah. I was like oh you know oh boy yeah. you know and yeah. I just she let me nerd out for like a good minute before I came back to life and totally. came to because I'm sure it's like happened before you know yeah I'm sure it's not the first person that was like oh your dad was like okay like he's like the best he's you know best ever. so yeah. I think it's like but it's like you get so like it's like overwhelming mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah I um so do you still like do you like follow him on Twitter for like LA sightings and yes, things I like do. that yes definitely um, yeah. yeah and so she still texts me <laughs> goes there all the time i got one last week do you go there a lot too kg jr yeah what's i mean it's a little bit of a commute from the west side but oh yeah yeah she's like he's here and i'm like okay you know i'll be right there yeah (laughs) see see i mean unless it's like traffic you know unless it's like rush hour you know oh Um, my god that's so funny that's so funny well we usually tell like a baller story i feel like that's that's very baller-esque but we usually tell like a baller story on the um podcast and it's like i don't know like something that's like special to you and like this in like your sports life or like maybe it's like your first memory you know for you it could be about like how comedy pretty much got you in, I mean sports pretty much got you into your profession you know mm-hmm. um, we, because we've been talking about softball a lot I, I have to tell a, ball, yeah. a baller story but I don't but it's um, it's more of a funny story than I think it is anything else but I was uh, I was when I was in softball my friends uh, my one friend her older she had an older sister and I like always wanted like a cool older sister and I never had one mm-hmm. um, we were like maybe like an in seventh grade maybe um and so her older sister used to let her drive mm-hmm. and i mean in seventh grade you're what like 13 or something like that and i mm-hmm. and i remember what being in the car this is like the most like irresponsible thing in the world by the way <laughs> but i remember being in the car with my my friend who was 13 and driving and her sister was sitting there and being like that looks so easy so when i what got home from a game one night I had this weird thought. I was bored. I was like um, babysitting my little brother. I um, got in the car, my dad's car. I found his keys. I turned it on and I tried to see if I could drive too around no, the neighborhood. No. And instead of hitting um, reverse to reverse out of the driveway, I put it in drive no. and I put my foot on the accelerator to the floor mm, no. and I drove into the backyard. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I took down our fence to be dramatic. My little brother says he was standing there and he had to jump out of the way and I almost ran him over, but he is making up a story. Oh. Uh, he was inside the house. So I remember being in the car in the middle with the car in the middle of the fence in the middle of the backyard and I ran inside and I called my mom and I was like mom I, I don't know what happened I was like looking for my softball glove and all of a sudden the car was in the backyard yeah. <laughs> and so I got so they were like uh, you're grounded so I got in so much trouble I have never been in more trouble in my whole life I got grounded for the entire summer and I was in summer league and my dad was our coach oh. so 
all my friends are assholes, but I'm from you know Philly, mm-hmm. and I appreciate this about about friends. Like if they like, there's a saying that's like, um, you know, a good friend. Like when you trip and fall, a good friend helps you up. Mm-hmm. When um, you trip and fall, a best friend pees their pants. They call you an asshole and they push you back over. Mm-hmm. It's it's something like that. So my friends are that like the kind that are assholes and then push you back down. Yeah. So I would like hit like a great line drive into the outfield, and they'd be like, "Way to drive that out there, Shannon! Way to oh. drive that ball through the fence into the backyard and." My dad was so mad at me that he would just sit there and his face would turn red and he would just sit. And I'm like, you guys, I, I I have to go home to this person. And I'm the one that caused like $2,000 damage to his car. And they did it for an entire summer, an entire summer. And I was grounded for the whole summer. I couldn't leave my house. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's my, I I don't know if that's a ball. I think it's kind of baller now that I like had the guts to like try to drive my parents car when I was 13. Yeah. Um, and it's also like that quintessential, like story you have from like when you got into the biggest trouble of all time. Yes. So I, uh, so when sometimes when I hear people say oh, driving, like even like in golf, yeah. it like I shudder a little bit. Cause yeah. like I am emotionally connected to, um, driving the ball because it, but it, it almost like torments me when I hear the term yeah. because it, I like have a, like a, a flashback yeah PTSD because I'm yeah. like I don't want to stay I don't want to stay inside the whole summer you know like yeah. um so anyway that's my baller story that's um I don't know so it just funny. came to me and it's it's not the most heartfelt story but it's like a, it's like the major memory I have in in softball yeah 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 that is ballsy though it's ballsy yeah. too yeah oh totally so baller, ballsy story yeah, yeah. It, t- it totally <laughs> is except I'm the idiot that's like because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, this looks easy. I'm going to just like, what was I going to do? Where was I going, by the way? I'd probably, yeah. if I had made it, if I did reverse, I didn't know how to like reverse and then like turn the car around mm-hmm. or like do a K backwards K turn. I don't know. So I was yeah. such an idiot back then, though. So I did stupid stuff like that all the time. That's so funny. But you have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to this day, my dad doesn't even really think it's funny. It's no like he way. never got over it. His Chev- his Chevy Cavalier, uh, his cherry red Chevy Cavalier was like, yeah, it was it was scary. it was not a great time in my life, but yeah. it was a good it was a good sports memory. And all my friends will never let me forget it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's yeah. Really funny. So do you have a, a baller story from either growing up or what do you, what's a yeah. what's a connection for you? Like as what do you want to leave the audience with? I think um okay this this just is the first thing that came to mind cuz you mentioned you mentioned field hockey before mm-hmm. and I, I I never played field hockey but I um grew up going to the the team in what, Seattle is called the Thunderbirds. The okay. WHL that feeds it in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had season tickets growing up. Oh, and it was super cool. The thing you do with dad. So like either once or twice a week there was a game. And this, so, wait, this was field hockey or hockey? Hockey. 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 Oh, yeah. Ice okay. hockey. Okay. And so the team was, you know, 17 to 20 year old guys. And so they were, of course, Ooh. like my first real crush was Glenn Goodall. He was obviously like 18 years old. I was like two years old. <laughs> he had a mullet and I was like, that's the love of my life. And, um, but we would always go with our dad. My, I was two weeks old when I went to my first game. Oh, my God. God. And there was this man named Zamboni John, and he had long hair, and he drove the Zamboni in between periods to, you know, clean up the ice. Oh, my God. And he had long hair, and he had a cowbell, and he always wore, like, a Grateful Dead shirt, and he would always just ring the cowbell, and he was just a fixture in my childhood. And so growing up, year after year, we'd play, or go to the games. Right. And then... Uh, eventually we would be tall enough that we'd run down to the ice and then hold our hands up and he would high five you like he'd high five kids as he goes by yeah. the Zamboni. and then um that's probably so a cool couple years ago um i grew up in a, a church like a presbyterian church mm-hmm. and we're there on christmas eve 
you know, for the Christmas Eve candlelight service, look down the pew, fucking Zamboni John is sitting there. And we're like, what? Because oh we live God. like 30 minutes outside downtown. And we're like, Zamboni John's here. And so then after the service, and he's in the same, great, like, tie-dye, Grateful Dead tee, Like, he, like that's hair. really what he wears. That's, that's his uniform. And so we looked down and we're like, oh my God. And so we, like, go and see him. And this is before camera phones. This was, That's how long ago this was. Yeah. And we're like, Zamboni John, what's up? And so we talked to him. And he's super nice. And then years go on. This year he ran for mayor. He ran for mayor. And so we voted. Like, I, I voted absentee. I was like, I have to vote for Zamboni John. Oh he didn't win, God. unfortunately. Um, but then this year, the Thunderbirds, for the first time ever, won the entire uh, league. Oh, and, and my 40, God. And I think 45 years since they've been a team. Oh, my God. This is the first time they won. And so my brother and sister and dad went and got pictures with Zamboni that John. That is so yeah. cool. Is so, he still doing still, mascot type things? Yeah. He's still there with his cowbell. Oh, and I mean, my God. I'm 33 now. So he's been doing it for at least 33 years. That's and amazing. Just that figure, you know? Yeah. And so it was so, like, so they all took pictures with him and sent him to me, and I started crying. I, I oh. thinking, oh my gosh, we used to high five that guy when we were five That's years old. so cool. You know? It and, means so much to you. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Zamponi John is just like this dude. <laughs> but, but the role that he plays, like, in your life is like such a fixture that, like, even now, like, it's like nostalgic. Totally. You know? Have you seen Big Fish? Yes. yes. Oh, so I love that movie. He'll be on my riverbank. When I die, like I'll look out. Oh, when I go into, I'm like start crying. Oh my god! And then Zamboni John will like have a cowbell. Oh and, my god! And be waving it. Oh when my I god! Die. Oh my god! Oh now you're crying. I love. Oh my god! This is this has been so good. It's like laughter yeah. and tears. And you know what? That movie is the first um, DVD that I owned. Yes, it's, I love. I have it right there. Yeah. I, I I have a very small DVD collection. Me too. But that movie is so good, and it's and I and it's the meaning in the end about all these things that have happened throughout your life. It's like for you, it's Zamboni John, and mm-hmm. you know, I think as an adult, I have like chills right now. I'm like, how, yeah. as an adult, how how many times do you walk down the street or do you see something that uh, like on TV or wherever it is that, that triggers this like beautiful, like nostalgic feeling for you? Cause you know, mm-hmm. what happens every once in a while. It's like yeah. similar to deja vu. Yeah. And I think when you have those moments, um, there, I think there's something meaningful about like I had chills when I was talking to Zelda Williams. Yeah. It's, it means like you're on the right path. It's mm-hmm. like a reinforcing thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he is for you. Totally. Yeah. You know, he's a always constant. been there. He's a constant a character that, that ties you to your childhood in a way that he'll never know. Yeah. That he was such a figure yeah. to us. And we talk about him around the house like we know him. That's, you know? <laughs> that's I mean, but you do know him yeah, in a way. Totally, yeah. You do know him. I mean, yeah. you he was at your church. Like he mm-hmm. keeps popping back up. Totally. And I think and they won the championship. And I am very much a believer of everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a sign. Mm-hmm. It means something. Mm-hmm. It's very much like the same because, you know, like deja vu is like a feeling of nostalgia. You mm-hmm. don't know what it is. You don't know why. And but when you get it where you see something or somebody in your life from the past, like triggers something, mm-hmm. um, I think it really helps you feel like I'm on the right track. Yeah. You and know, or, or this is, this is, I was supposed to, everything happens to reason. I was supposed to, this was supposed to happen. Supposed to do this. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting that it all is based around being fans of some minor league hockey team. Yeah. You know, and how hockey is something that, you know, people would go to, no matter if the team was good or bad. Yeah. You know, for years you just go because you love it and you can't not go. And there you have it, folks. That's what sports does, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. What a great connection between you and sports and Zamboni John. Zamboni John. I'm gonna send you a picture of him too. Yes, <laughs> I know. We're we're putting Zamboni John oh on playing with balls podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And well, he has a political campaign. He needs to relaunch. Well, you so. know what? 
you know what? I, I'm sure that our huge fan base, and once again, thank you guys so much for always listening and tuning in, and thanks for also now checking out the podcast with me running solo on it. I yeah. hope to continue to bring you um, amazing guests like Jenna that you know really make you think about things, and I just think that's what playing with balls is. It's like obviously it's very suggestive, but it, the name, but it's also about like how like playing with balls, the juggling the balls of life. Mm-hmm. Life. It's like how sports relates to different parts of your life like mm-hmm. how do, it's related to your life because it got you into comedy or and how it means something to you yeah. you know yeah. and it, and it certainly means something to me um that's why i do this and i have so much fun with it so thank you yeah. so much for being on the podcast this was so fun so, but thank you for having you're me. welcome thank and thank you, you for wine. helping yeah. yeah dent my wine we yes. are we are totally because they say girls sometimes they say in sports girls wine so you know what the way we're not going to whine on this podcast but we're going to drink wine so yes, that's that's how i'm going to pay homage to that but um you can follow and follow find jenna where can they find you yes on um, social media oh yeah actually um i'm on the twitter and facebook yep um and jenna Insta. yeah and instagram um just under jenna brister yes yeah, so is your instagram me. named jenna tall jenna tolls brister do you yeah. know that did i ever tell you uh, this is like totally like now i'm like not ending the podcast because i just really <laughs> wanted to tell you this i grew up with a girl named Jennifer Tull, <gasps> T U L L, Jenny Tull. Oh my gosh! And her name was Jenny, Jenny Tull. Tull. Oh, but she's a, she's a real person. So I noticed that um, at one point or another that you are Jen- that you're genital Brister. Yeah, and I'm like, I know Jenny Jenna Tull. That's so, I wonder if her parents did it on purpose. I mean, that would be so mean. That is so she funny. She was adopted. So like, who's, par- you know, if they did, that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> and she, and okay. And so also like I've worked for the same, uh, I used to work for the same, um, and still do company during, um, corporation since I graduated college cause I was a business major. And then maybe like, f- uh, I've been there like 10 years yeah. and five years ago, um, I go to this training in Minnesota and guess, guess who's there? Genital. Jenny Tall. Jenny Tall. Because she, na- she also works for the same company as me. Who knew? Who knew? Is that crazy? Talk about playing with balls. She should be on it too. I know. Her name is Balls. I know. So you're actually this. <laughs> her name is Actual Balls. You're this. Or vagina. Oh, yeah. you know Be what? Equal. Whatever. Genera- yeah. You know, equal. she's a wonderful person. That's, but that's so her cool. name. Good. Yeah. So Good. anyway. Hopefully you won't forget uh, yeah. Jenna's <laughs> social Brister. social media. Yeah. Jenna Tall Brister on Instagram. Yes. Uh, Jenna, Jenna Brister. And any... Oh, watch the Lifetime yes. show. Um, you, you, that's probably the, all you can say for right now, yeah. right? The title is The Deadly Double. Okay, The Deadly Double. Yeah. But when if and when it comes to America, we'll be sure to oh, give awesome. everybody Thank an you. update so they can watch, too. Yeah. And we'll yeah. laugh. Yes, and we will laugh, and we will know more about what, what it's about. Yes. And we'll see if it's a Lorno. Definitely. Oh my gosh, Lorno. I can't wait. Yes. Well, thank you again. This was so fun. Bye. Bye.